Hello and welcome to Sound of the Moment. I'm your host, Pat Cleaver, and this is the bi-weekly show featuring conversations with musicians about jazz, music, and more. I release new episodes every second Monday. Please subscribe to the show wherever you like to listen to your podcasts to remain updated. If you want to be in touch with me, you can do that via Twitter at Pat Cleaver. You can like the Sound of the Moment page on Facebook, and you can email me at pat at soundofthemoment.com. I plan to keep this show free to download and listen to, but if you do feel like supporting me and helping out with covering the costs of production and hosting, you can make monthly or one-off donations at patreon.com slash soundofthemoment. Thank you so much for those of you who already support me in that way. This is episode number 38 for the 15th of April 2019. Vocalist Sana Hambachs is my guest as you'll hear in our conversation, she has several projects on the go. So I'll begin with music from her collaborative trio, Mudita. This is the title track from their debut album, and it's called Listen to the Sound of the Forest. Thank you. 
Vocalist Sana Ramax is my guest today on the show. Thanks so much for being here, Sana. Yeah, thank you. I always like to begin with the same old question that people are bored of hearing me ask, but uh, I like to ask people to introduce themselves a bit, uh, tell people a bit about who you are, what you do, where you come from, and all of that kind of stuff. Right. Um, well, I'm I'm Sana. I'm a singer. Uh, I I've been born in uh, in Horle. That's in the south of the Netherlands, mm -hmm. close to Tilburg. Yeah. And so I grew up over there. And I also studied in, in Tilburg at the conservatory. And so uh, during my studies at the conservatory in Tilburg, I started to focus on using my voice as an instrument and uh, dive into a very uh, specific genre of music, which is a lot about silence and nature influences and... Mm -hmm more kind of world music i study jazz but i let that go very early mm -hmm. uh, in my in my uh, studies and um well i um i started a lot of projects and have been asked for projects with a lot of very very great musicians and i could travel a lot which also um gave me a lot of new experiences and i could grow as an as an artist and still so uh yeah but uh well the most uh, specific thing about me as an artist is like the role of the instrument and what i like um about it to be one of the guys in an ensemble and use my voice also in a instrumental way yeah, yeah. and so um maybe this is a strange question but uh i'm not particularly aware of what the department is like in in Tilburg. Mm -hmm. But um, where, like, where did that idea of like 
kind of and and obviously talking about the jazz idiom is kind of a vague thing to talk about anyway because it doesn't really mean anything anymore but uh the idea of moving away from that traditional jazz idiom and towards the things that you're doing now um like you mentioned that you did that quite early on how how um how open to that is a department like the department in Tilburg? Like how 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 did you stumble upon that stuff, I suppose? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question, actually, because in the beginning I felt a little bit that it was that it was very hard to me to to go in this direction and that the school didn't really um understand it, it or like support it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That was very hard. And but after like to me it was it was a really necessary feeling of uh, going into this direction. I felt like yeah, then I can really express myself as a musician. And so after a year or something, then the school also began to see like, okay, well, this is actually turning out to be very good for you. And then they were very supportive and they uh, looked to, uh, together with me to all the different possibilities to get in touch with musicians who could inspire me and help me also in this direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, from the beginning, I, I sometimes I, I get to hear from people that they thought that I was a little bit vague in uh, my approach on music because I use words as oh, can you play a little bit more dark blue or a little bit more... <laughs> yeah. Oh, here, this sounds like is as if the forest is now, uh, I don't know, uh, if it is waving a lot or something. And then, yeah, well, if I did this in a, in a jazz ensemble, then, I don't know, a lot of students, they didn't really <laughs> know, like, okay, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, sure. was, it wasn't really clear, but... Uh, I don't know. Now, when I started to play with with Joost, Leibart and Bram Stadthouders, actually, then I began to feel like, okay, wow, this is actually what I am doing. They uh, they began to take me serious with that. So that were the first people who really gave me the feeling like, okay, what you want in music, Sanna, that is actually, yeah, we understand. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't think it is very vague because they understand it when I said... Uh, let's play something green or something or yeah. more more Norwegian fjord kind of, you know, like that. And that helped me a lot. Yeah. And and the idea began, um, came um, out of this feeling to be part of um, like a group and creating something together. Because as a singer, I had this feeling I could only sing the lyrics and the theme and then when I had uh, when I sang the theme then I could step aside and then I saw that the group of musicians I was playing with they were totally going and getting into each other and creating the magic together and and then I was actually super jealous that I was not <laughs> yeah. one of them so from that moment I thought okay well uh, I really I, I want that too and how can I do that too yeah. so no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Were there uh, were there specific vocalists that you turned to at that point that you found inspiration in? I mean, that's a horrible question, I know, to always like be like, where are your sources of inspiration? But <laughs> it, it seems like there are a few examples of people that have done the kinds of things that you're doing. Yeah. Um, were you like already aware of them at that point or did you at that point go searching for them? Um, yeah, I think both. And I think it's actually a very nice question because um, actually like I have a lot of um, musical heroes or how to say like a lot of uh, musicians who have been my inspiration and uh, like they really 
guide me through my vision or something. And um, um, I, I always listened a lot to instrumental music, um, not mm -hmm. really to, to singers, um, but uh, to me, there were a few who were very important. Um, so in the, in the beginning, this was Suzanne Abuel, Yeah. Uh, from Switzerland, she also she's also half Dutch because she studied here. Yeah. And um, I I could also study with her in um, in Luzern um, because I saw a concert of her in in the Paradox in Tilburg, yeah. and that was so yeah I don't know how to explain like uh, this this um, the the way they put. Uh, the attention on the notes and on the silence and on the it, it was a lot with a lot of uh, intensity and that really reached me and uh, and touched me um, and so I, from then on I thought okay I also want to make music like that and use my voice in this way and using poems and stuff and uh, um, from then on it, it began to come clear and um, uh, so then I also began to search more to this kind of music. Um, but it has always been like unconsciously around me, I think, because my parents listened a lot to ECM records, music and yeah. uh, like the Dutch jazz musicians scene, like Jeroen van Vliet, van Vliet and Harmer Franje and uh, Erik Vloeimans and a lot of these very lyrical yeah. players. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, yeah, So then Sitzel Andresen, for instance, yeah. was very important to me and Marie Boyne. And uh, uh, I also did a research in, in the school back then and I studied with Wolfert Bredero, the piano player of Suzanne also. Yeah. And uh, I, I started to search for this way of singing also and like what are they doing and why are they doing it? And then, uh, like, how do I say this? Uh, I start to combine it with my own style and then, yeah, create it, try to create, uh, create my own style yeah. or, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a few things that I want us to touch upon um, uh, over the coming, whatever, I don't know how long this is going to take us, but uh, mm -hmm. there's quite a few uh, topics I want to I reach on. And uh, maybe before we get to, because obviously under the surface is a massive aspect of what you do mm -hmm. and um, it's also something that I've spoken with Yoast quite extensively about on this podcast. So um, yeah. people will be familiar with it and I obviously want to hear what you have to say about it uh, in a bit. But first I'd like to talk about uh, your band Mudita. Yeah. Um, so it first of all, it's it's kind of an un unusual lineup, uh, voice, trumpet and piano. Yes. Um, can you can you tell me a bit about the project, uh, how it started, uh, how you met the, the other two guys? Maybe tell me a bit about them as, as individuals. Yeah. Well, um, the project started at the same time as Under the Surface started too, actually in 2015. Mm -hmm. And um, they were also um, studying in the Conservatory of Tilburg, Sjoerd, uh, Sjoerd van Eyck and Koen Smits. Um, and um, yeah, they also had this same idea about approaching music in a very, um, how do I say that, lyrical or... Uh, in a silent way and we were actually the only one that back then in the school mm -hmm. who were interested in this music of ECM records or um, yeah we had the same kind of um, heroes or idols I, I don't know yeah. how to say yeah, yeah. Um, 
so in the lineup actually I, I this this started for a concert in Breda and uh, I was asked okay do you want to do something and I didn't had a project myself back then mm-hmm. and I thought okay well maybe let's try this and I was inspired actually by Suzanne's uh, lineup also because she plays with a piano player and a trumpet player mm-hmm. and a drummer so that's also like no bass yeah. I haven't played with a bass player actually uh, for <laughs> Like four years or something. So now I'm yeah. starting actually. But uh, yeah. yeah, well. Um, and also what I like about this lineup and also with Under the Surface, uh, it gives a lot of freedom actually. And also the freedom to really get a different role as a, as a musician or as a singer also. Because that mm-hmm. was what I was searching for too. Um, to not be the singer who only sings the themes but I would also love to sing more like an accompaniment to the trumpet player for instance but that I discovered now also that it's super hard it's a very I don't know it's still I'm searching for it yeah um I think that's always a difficult thing right because we're so trained as listeners to assume that whenever a voice is there that's the thing that you're supposed to be focusing on yes um that's got to be quite a challenge to figure out how do you go against all that kind of cultural baggage that people have like there's such a fixed thing with those conventions yeah, so I, exactly. suppose, yeah. I suppose that makes sense also with the idea of a different lineup because as soon as you take away bass and drums or whatever yes. you force the music to be somewhat different right exactly you, there is no yeah. way that you're going to recreate whatever's there because you yeah you need to kind yeah, of work yeah 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 and also this thing about the the singer who always get the uh, immediately the the biggest focus I really didn't like this um, maybe also back then because I wasn't that much secure yet about what I was doing or being a front woman but mm-hmm. I never liked the idea to be a, a front woman because what I think is very important in music is that all roles are equal so I'm not more or yeah, I don't know uh, I'm not more than another musician I play with and uh, we are here to create and uh, the music uh, how do I say like in in um, like the music is the most important thing and not that I I am on stage and look at me what I can do or yeah, uh, of course. how beautiful this is or uh, you know like I didn't feel comfortable with that role mm-hmm. and still I don't like it yeah. because equality is very important to me yeah but so you're still i can only assume that even though a lot of the music that you're dealing with is explicitly going against that you're probably still dealing with a lot of that stuff like audiences that kind of assume that yes you're um and and i don't know like it's a dumb thing but for example i know that whenever i deal with like mixing uh stuff it's always a uh it's always really difficult to convince an audio engineer that like look you need to have like the voice on the same level as the trumpet right now yeah. because like these are kinds of uh yeah exactly. considerations i guess that that are uh yeah well exactly it's a, a lot of people they're not aware about it it's really unconsciousness it's uh uh and all, uh, yeah i have the same thing with the uh, technical engineers in concerts and uh, um yeah so can you tell me a bit about the the, the music from Udita? Because even though, like you say, the project started at the same time um, and there is obviously a certain commonality and aesthetic there, mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, it's, it's very different, not only just via the instrumentation and the people, but also I feel like um, 
Uh, am I correct in assuming that the music is much more composed in Mudita than it is in yes. Under the Surface? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So are you writing all of that music? Or uh, no, we it... write all, uh, the three of us. We mm-hmm. write for the for the group. And that's also what I very much like about this project, um, that also in this project, like these roles are equal. Like it, it is the project of ourselves and it's not my project or yeah. there is no one who is the leader. Yeah. Um, and so also we were searching for our own sound like during these four years we are playing together now mm-hmm. that was really a nice um, development in searching for okay wh- what is Mudita and how are we sounding and um, like we write different songs like my compositions are quite free because with Joost uh, and Bon we play only free improvisations and mm-hmm. uh, my own Songs are also only clear sketches, more an invitation to musicians to make music together. And uh, like Shorty writes actually uh, totally uh, written down songs. How do I say? Like, yeah, yeah, it's very clear. Like this has a theme and it has to be played like this. And Kuhn is also a little bit around that. And he Mm -hmm. is coming with more rhythmical stuff. And uh, so... That was actually very interesting, like how do we approach it and with freedom, because freedom to me is very important also in music. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have the feeling that I can make mistakes or something. So um, this is also what Mudita is doing. Like uh, we, we bring the songs and then we see with our own interpretation what we can do without it and play it differently or... Yeah. What what do, what are you going to play now with the trumpet player? Like, okay, you do the melody, or now you are doing like a bass part thing or something like a rhythmical. It's yeah, approaching yeah. it in this way. I'm interested in what you just said about the idea of uh, mistakes. That's always something that I uh, I completely agree with your statement. By the way, like yeah. the the concept of a mistake, I feel like a mistake is kind of just an opportunity rather than yes, um, anything exactly. else. Yeah. And at the same time, um, it it seems to me like that's uh, that must be really difficult dealing with the kind of music that you're making when silence is so crucial to it, mm-hmm. and like economy of of gestures and all that kind of stuff. That even like the when you're dealing with such a blank canvas, like even the slightest thing becomes can become huge, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so how do you how do you manage I suppose like that maybe it's a very like abstract question, but how do you deal with the idea of like even the smallest gesture that I make is going to have a massive impact and at the same time I want to make sure that I am free to make any yes. gesture that I want. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think I understand you your question also. I think uh, what is very important to me and to the approach of music and in this yeah, well, I believe there is no wrong or right. Um, that the most important thing to me, and also when I play together with other musicians, is uh, that everything you are playing, that it is true and that it's pure and that it is like you really feel the necess- necessity. What is it? Necessity. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Like you really feel necessity like this this note or this sound has to be here now um, mm-hmm. and 
and that that is a pure intuition or feeling and I don't know I, I approach it in a very intuitive way mm-hmm. so also the musicians I am playing with I I search for them also mm, that they understand this way of making music mm-hmm. um, yeah maybe this is a strange question to, to follow up on that but like how do you practice that do you practice that like how no, do you yeah. uh, I mean it, it feels like it's almost it almost becomes like more of a kind of training the mind and probably even more like meditative kind of a process than anything else. I think so. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Is there any formal way of doing that? Like, do you, is it a matter of just getting in a room with people and just doing it enough or like? Yes, how? I think so. Also that, that did you really understand each other? But I also played quite a lot of concerts with people, with musicians I never met before. Mm-hmm. And then still it was there like this, intensity feeling of the necessity to uh, uh, to to create this in this exact moment um but yeah i don't study it i actually i also i barely study singing or study making yeah i don't know like my instrument mm-hmm. um but i did like um, yeah, how do I explain? Like I, I did some things in training myself in getting into this pure moment or something. Like I, I went walking in the forest and then I went to listen, but really listen. I think really listening and, and being aware of what there is and being aware of yourself and aware of the others and then really focusing on it. I don't know if I if I explain it right and that that you can no, understand that makes, it. that makes sense it comes down to more like mindfulness training rather yeah, than like that. um and also well then i was in forest and then i stood still and i listened to the sounds and then i was trying to make music with the sounds because they are actually also kind of you can see it as a um improvising yeah sure and, but if I was listening then, then I don't know, there was this feeling of, okay, now I can communicate or something. So mm-hmm. it's really tuning into something bigger than only, um, how do I say? Yeah, knowing your instrument very well and know what you're playing. So it's it asks a lot of uh, like focus. Yeah. And, yeah. and so how do you... Because you just mentioned in the same breath the idea of playing with people that you don't even know and at the same time playing with, say, Ramon Yost. You guys have been playing dozens of concerts for you for a few years now. Yeah. Um, how do you translate that attitude between those two situations? Because, I mean, I know from my own personal experience, um, it is a lot easier to get into that zone with people that you already have that sense of trust with. Yeah. And at the same time, like, when you play with people that you're not completely aware of or that you don't know. Like there will occasionally be moments when I feel like there is a decision being made by somebody else that doesn't fit the what I feel. Oh, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. a difficult balance to find, right? Like, Because do you need to, is it possible, I guess my question is, is it possible to apply that kind of philosophy and approach if people around you are not applying it at the same time? That's, yeah, it's, well, yeah, that's a good one. I think it's also very difficult. I don't know really what uh, what I can answer on it, but um, um, yeah, I sometimes feel it too that that then I'm not at the same level as or as the as the other musicians, or they're playing something that I don't want to hear. Or, mm-hmm. but then I'm also thinking, well, is this what I don't want to hear? So is it? 
Oh, how do I explain? Like, um, yeah, is the judgment that yeah. you're making in the moment something? Yeah, exactly. It, it, is it something for me, or is it really because I want to serve the music or something? Is it yeah. what the music wants, or? Um, but I think, like, f to do this, it is not necessary to to know each other very well. But there has to be the same kind of understanding mm -hmm. because I don't believe in just doing. I don't know. I don't like it when I play together with musicians that are not aware about the focus you have to give the music. It sounds yeah. a little bit maybe as a religion or something. But, yeah. uh, but so is yeah, this a well, conversation that you have in advance with people? Like, is it? Yeah, that's what I'm searching for actually at this moment also because uh, I will Im invite a lot of musicians in April for a tour. Yeah that I haven't met yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm also thinking about it, like, okay, how am I going to do this? And mm -hmm. um, um, I think I, I talk with them because I like to talk with musicians about these subjects also and, and why it is so, uh, why the necessity is there to make the music yeah. and, uh, and to create something magic. And mm -hmm. then it's actually all very fast very clear like how someone is approaching it and then i feel on my intuition like yeah we can have a very nice connection or this is not working and i yeah. don't know yeah it's all intuition based <laughs> thing, yeah uh, i i was i was planning on getting to that uh later on but it does feel like a pretty natural thing to talk about at this point uh so you you you've been selected to do the uh what I call the Young VIP Tour, and everybody else seems to call the Young VIP Tour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I assume it's meant to be VIP. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's actually a good one. I never uh, really young, thought about that. Young it, VIP yeah. is what everybody seems to call it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so you're, you're going to be going on tour to all these different venues. It's a thing that happens uh, uh, every year or has been happening every year. I heard it's in question about whether there's going to be a following edition after yours. Yeah. Uh, which would be quite sad if that, that indeed sad. is a thing yeah. that, it n that no longer happens but point being you are going to go on tour to all these different venues you're going to be there performing uh, so uh, uh, Sun Mi Hong the drummer is going to be performing and you're going to be performing right yes and uh, so like you mentioned you for the purposes of this tour you've decided to make different trios for different yes. evenings yeah yeah um, can you tell me a bit about I mean first of all the idea behind creating all these different combinations and second of all tell me a bit about who the, all those people are gonna be yeah yeah well um i was actually first of all i was i was very surprised i was asked for the vip tour mm -hmm. because i thought okay musicians who have their own group or um yeah well they they have been uh, they ask them for it and i don't have my own group like uh, there are projects i'm but it's I'm um, all part of it. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense for you to do this now with Under the Surface because you guys are yeah also that like anyway. that yeah. But also under this, I don't know. I had this idea. This is only like like my good friend Kika Spranger. She did this yeah. last year, and uh, well, she has a very yeah. She's a very good band leader also, and she mm -hmm. is very clear. She has her own group. So I thought, okay, well, I don't have my own group, so I will not be asked <laughs> for the VIP tour. Yeah. So, but actually now when I was asked i i started to think also they asked do you want to play with mudita and i thought also okay that could be a nice opportunity mm -hmm. um but i also felt well mudita is also it is developing and it's a band of the three of us 
and this is a chance now to really create my own group because like the vision I have and artistic ideas, they are quite clear, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know yet how they will develop in the future. But now with the VIP tour, I want to find the musicians who could be in my own group later yeah. in the future. And, um, and I'm also... Uh, very curious about other musicians um, who are approaching music in the same way as I do. Like I, I, I met a lot of them also already. Well, a lot. It's not a lot. I met them in yeah. the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm searching for this, this very like a, a magical connection. I don't know how to, yeah, mm-hmm. explain it in another sentence or something. But yeah. Like there, that there is a very, very clear understanding about music. So um, this is what I'm going to do with the VIP tour to invite different musicians from different countries in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have been searching for them and listening to their music and then listening to, okay, maybe, yeah, we could have a nice connection together. And the way you approach the music sounds like how I would love to make music. Yeah. And it is with the idea to... At the end, create my own group and okay. uh, yeah, play my own music under my own name, actually. Mm-hmm. And so I, well, my focus is always, it has always been a lot on Norway uh, because I really love the country. It feels like a second home mm-hmm. and also the way of making music. Um, it's very, I've, I feel very much similar with that. Mm-hmm. So there will be two new Norwegian uh, Musicians, Håkon Asse, he's a violin violin player, mm-hmm. and uh, Odrun Lilia Jonsaltier, a guitar player, and mm-hmm. uh, um, so yeah, they will join, and someone from Swi- two people from Switzerland, Julian Sartorius and Maya Niedegger, and um, I will also be joined by uh, Nufa Fey, an Israeli piano player, mm-hmm. and. There, Kika, she's also going to join, and Jesse Schildering. These yeah. are two Dutch musicians. Mm-hmm. And um, um, let me think now. I, I am Vincent Courtois. Oh, I, yeah, sure. uh, I played with him before, but this was actually, it was not part of, I didn't saw it as a, they're part of the European Colors Group. This is how I call the, mm-hmm. the collective I'm yeah. creating, because they're not for my generation. Yeah. Because that was also something that I thought about, okay, it would be super nice to built something also with my own generation yeah. and uh, it, it is an honor to play with a lot of musicians who are very experienced but it's also a different um it is a different experience because they already went through all the stages with each other and mm-hmm. i um have been asked by them and they how do i say they get me through all these experiences and yeah. uh, so i'm not creating it with my own generation and mm-hmm. that sometimes feels a little bit like I'm missing that or yeah, yeah. no fair enough and so what uh, what music are you going to be playing is it going to be are you writing stuff yes are you, okay yeah well I have a lot of compositions but I barely play these own compositions mm. because I most of the time improvise freely yeah. or we play the compositions with Mudita like we play a few of mine and a few of Shur yeah, Tankun yeah. Uh, so we will play my old songs but I'm also writing some new songs um, and we are also going to collaborate like San, uh, San Mihong Quintet yeah. 
and my trio who will do some things together, which is a new okay. aspect in the VIP tour. Yeah. Um, so it will be a mixture and every concert will be different. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah. Is that something that the organizers of the tour kind of uh, instigated or is it something that you discussed with yeah. Sammy? Um, yeah, that was our own idea. Okay. Like Sun came with the idea yeah. and I was actually, yeah, I was super surprised and I, I really loved the idea because it also fits with the idea of um, meeting a lot of new uh, musicians and uh, like her her group, like the quintet, they're very, very, very great. And I'm also, it's very nice to to play together with him yeah, too. Definitely. So, yeah, definitely. With them, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm curious to see how that works out. It yeah, seems like an interesting, too. like, <laughs> yeah. to be bringing, first of all, like people that you have either not worked with much or not worked with at all and at the same time working yeah. with them and and cross all the aesthetics and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I feel quite tensed also a little bit about it because it's super <laughs> uncertain, but I also really like this uncertainty in, the, in situations because yeah. it gives the freedom to mm -hmm. that there can happen something very magical in, in one moment that I could never think about. Yeah, and it's an unusual opportunity to be able to do this, like yes. to, to yeah. have... Uh, both stages and budgets to be able to actually yes. bring people together in such a way that you are experimenting and hopefully creating things at the same time. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. you're not like basically asking for people's yeah. time and, and, and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Sort of. But it can also maybe be a disaster. Maybe, I don't know. I, I, I hope not, <laughs> but I, I, I don't think so. But it, it will be tough maybe at some points. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but that's also interesting, right? Like, yeah, I exactly. Feel, I feel like that's... That's maybe an undervalued uh, aspect of things. I mean, in general, like maybe this is a very abstract thing again, but the idea of playing free music and that um, there's only a certain amount of uh, like aspects of expression that tend to get explored. Um, and I feel like there are so many other things. And the idea of conflict, for example, is something that can, yeah. can be really interesting. And I feel this tends to be undervalued. Like everything is either like, very busy, like high energy stuff or yeah. very kind of like uh, more like, I guess, positive energy or melancholic yeah, energy yeah, or that yeah. kind of stuff. But like there's a few, there's things like that that can be. Um, exactly. Yeah, they, they can be very interesting. And it, I think it's good. Also what we said before, there is no wrong or right. So yeah. it's all like, okay, this is what is happening now. And <laughs> I learn a lot about that in yeah. that moment. I and, think. It, yeah. and it can be something to build the rest of your career on or it can be something to throw away and never do again and yes, it's all good. <laughs> but then I know that. I know, okay, this is not, this is yeah, not I the way so. that I the, have to, yeah. The sense of a uh, uh, process of elimination is also interesting. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the risk here is that you're going to end up wanting to have five different trios because everything's great. Uh, yeah, right? oh yeah, oh yeah. That's, oh, that's, oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Shall we talk a bit about um, more in detail about Under the Surface and the new record? Because obviously when I spoke to, to to Bam, it was ages ago. He was one of the first yeah. guests on the show. <laughs> um, so uh, that that is that is way in the past. And when I spoke to Yoast, it was also quite a while ago. So we were talking about the previous record. Yeah. Uh, but there is a new record called Trinity. Yes. Um, so it's a live record, first of all. Um, that feels like the like a very logical thing for you guys to yes, do. Yes, yeah. Um, was that always in the works? Did you always think the next thing we do should be live because that's... No, I think it, it really developed naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So also the music developed in a very natural way of getting to know each other better and also letting the sketches and the songs, we let them go. And because in the beginning when we played, we were playing or my songs and then we let them go. And then we played like the sketches from improvisations we really liked. So we mm. actually tried to do the improvisations again, but then in a different way. Yeah. And then we let that go too, because we began to create a trust with each other. Like, okay, we have so much... Um, yeah, so much sounds and uh, landscapes we now know, so we know where we can go in the concert. Yeah. So from like a year ago, we only began to play free improvised. Mm -hmm. And then we also, we traveled a lot. And these, this traveling together, that also meant a lot for the trio, but also for the concerts and the mm -hmm. different uh, cultures we got to, um, to, go to meet or to get to know and... They were influencing me also as a singer, but mm. also our music. Yeah. And so, yeah, it all grew and it began. Well, I also, for myself, uh, with the trio, I also gained more um, trust with with myself as a singer also. Mm -hmm. uh, I got more, yeah, because of the tours and because of getting to know myself better during the tours, but also Joost and Bram and how to, uh, how to deal with some situations. And uh, that helped a lot actually yeah. also because of this trust, I can, I dare to, to try new ideas. And, yeah. so. and you need less appointments with each other, I suppose. Yes, um, also. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you don't necessarily need a safety net yeah. anymore. Um, no, exactly. And also what was actually, I, I think now, what was very important was we, we began to work together with Ted Masseurs, a sound engineer. Mm -hmm. And he, that's actually, that was like the best thing we could do also because he is really a Ford band member. Yeah. And so um, um, he began also to record the the concerts and with his sound, that was amazing. Like uh, sometimes in a concert, I uh, because the sound was so good, I could hear myself and Bram and Joost and the music and the whole landscape, it was so, so beautiful that I could sing on a very different way and, and open new ideas. Yeah. And so, yeah, he recorded a lot and then the idea came like, whoa, this is actually nice and great. Let's. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask yeah. how you managed to get a consistent kind of uh, end product out of all these different concerts. But uh, I guess if you bring along your own sound engineer, that Yeah, 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 he, that, uh, he did. Yeah, how much uh, is that? Is he um, also taking over certain like aesthetic choices, or because obviously like Bram is doing a lot of electronics? Yes. Um, is yeah. that uh, is everything that you hear on the record still basically like Bram treating things, um, or or is yeah. there also stuff from the sound engineer? Um, yeah, there is actually uh, the sound engineer does a lot of things. On, well, not a lot, but he does he does uh, add some effects on my voice sometimes and mm -hmm. it's actually funny that you mentioned because we played last week we played in Belgium and he was there too and uh, and then this was a totally new concert for us like a new step we made it okay. felt like that like a new episode mm. because he was actually really joining the band with the sound effects because he mm. was like like you know maybe Jan Bang the sound musician from Norway yeah. he was actually doing this a little bit with okay. my voice yeah. and so he he sampled it and put it in some places. Mm -hmm. And that was actually like, whoa. So we got inspired by him 
also. So yeah. on the record, there are some parts that he is looping my voice in a way, or yeah, not looping, but an effect. Yeah, there's some delays on, on yes. your voice, right? But that's basically my question, because I was wondering whether Bram was getting your audio and treating it himself, or whether it was... Yeah, oh, no. no, sometimes Bram, he does he does it, but now when we work with Ted, he, he does it too. But it's actually something interesting, because I'm also thinking a lot about it, like, oh, um, I'm not always in charge than yeah. myself. Like it sometimes influences me and sometimes it is also there that I don't want it there. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, it's, it, it, it doesn't happen that much, but then I'm thinking, okay, maybe I have to think about something myself, but I don't want to use effects okay. like myself. Yeah. It's, well, uh, maybe weird, but why would yeah, you not want to use I effects don't know. yourself? Well, I actually, I use effects because like this, this reverb on my voice is huge. So actually this yeah, is the biggest yeah. <laughs> effect that I'm using. But I think like it will be in a kind of, uh, in a way, how do I say? Like I, um, well now I can, I, I can sing what is coming from my heart and, and I don't have to get in touch with, uh, with a lot of. Yeah. Uh, actual like, yeah, physical like the pedals or something yeah. yeah physical things uh, and get the knowledge about it mm -hmm. um, and I also think it's uh, way more interesting to to do like a delay with my own voice than uh, an electronic thing does it <laughs> like to try to yeah. or like a distortion I would I would like it that I can do the distortion myself than yeah. a computer no fair enough on my voice yeah um yeah, no, that's that. That I was curious about that because I mean, I feel like I hadn't necessarily heard that happen much, and yeah. then suddenly in this record, I'm like, oh wait, she's bouncing all around and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, it, that's uh, yeah, that's on my that also record. requires quite a bit of trust, right, to give away. I know, yeah, I, yeah, um, yeah. That's beautiful what you're saying. It, it is that. It is like that. Yeah, I tr but I trust Bum and I trust that that also. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how. So, I mean, obviously, the the um, the idea of like recording all of your shows and then figuring out later what you're going to use is uh, is maybe a thing that other people have done, and it, and it, and it's a process that is not um, completely uncommon. But I do wonder what the actual process then is after the fact to put together an album. Mm. So you guys have recorded all these shows, right? First of all. Um, how many shows did you record? Did you just say, we're going to gather as much stuff as possible and then yeah. figure out later, right? I yeah, I think we had maybe eight concerts recorded okay, or yeah. eight or 10, I'm not sure. But then, you know, we only, we used five, I yeah. think. In but so what is that process like then? After the event, yeah. you are like, there's an extra step, which is kind of a curating kind of a step yeah, where you're yeah. like, we've got maybe 10 hours of music, and how do we make that down into an album? And how do you make something that has an arc? Because it feels yeah, like exactly. it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that also a collaborative process? Did you guys sit down and... and yeah, we did. That? We sat down with the three of us and uh, listened also separately. Mm -hmm. Listened a lot to the music. Joost, he did quite a lot of work. Actually, he listened a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and then we decided on the songs. But also, I think, like, unconscious... Nestle, or how do I say? Yeah. Unconsciously. Unconsciously. Um, like this develop, I felt like I approached it, these recordings and what I would love to use as my own uh, development that I could hear in it or something. Because 
in this year I felt like what I said before that I got a lot more trust in who I am as a musician and how I want to be as a musician or being seen and let people hear about myself or something mm -hmm. and then this became a quite a big topic also of the music like uh, um, feeling uh, comfortable with yourself and, and daring to um, to see yourself or um, see also the not so nice parts but also the the beautiful parts and like all these life emotions um, so I think this began to be a topic for the CD and then we listened to the album like which parts like the recordings which parts are first of all strong but also which parts do, do say something very uh, something symbolic or yeah well that's how I approach some of the um, the improvisations when we are playing I can see colors or I can see like a very I feel a very very strong emotion mm -hmm. during the concerts or I sing with an intention uh, and then this means a lot to me and so we also try to choose these uh, these moments in the concerts. But so do you, uh, again maybe a weird question, but do you experience it the same way when you're like going back and listening to it and do you have a clear memory of, oh yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. moment? I have actually, yeah, because like the the concert in the North Sea Jazz Festival that was also recorded, that mm -hmm. was a very special concert to me mm -hmm. because we played in Volga and uh, I had this feeling of like only the stage and the audience who was there were the only thing in the world at that moment or something. Mm. It was very like a very special environment at that moment or a little bit sacred. It felt a little bit, it sounds mm -hmm. well, maybe a little bit weird to say it like that, but it had this feeling of sharing something together. And so the concert and the songs who are now at the, at the CD also feel, if I listen back to these songs, it feels like, oh yeah, yes, this was this moment. And it was very, there was something happening very special yeah. together with everybody. All right. So I, I guess, so you experience the act of listening to it in a similar way that you experience the act of creating it? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool, actually. I never thought of it that way. Um I feel like a lot of like when dealing with this kind of uh, of creation, there's almost like a trance-like quality to the performance at times. And for that reason, I and because of the idea of trying to not judge anything in the mm. moment and everything, yeah. I feel like I'm not necessarily able to at the end of a show say, I, uh, hey, that was cool and this happened in about yeah, halfway yeah, yeah. through the thing and that was a cool moment, you know. And, I mean, later on, maybe I'll listen back and be like, oh yeah, I guess that happened. But there's also a sense of, I don't know what happened and I don't necessarily need to know what happened. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like um, that. I think I understand what you're saying. I think also that this is a difference maybe with um, playing the compositions or something, like also with this wrong or right. Yeah. It's more approaching it in an emotional way than, like this is also how I go to concerts. I never really analyze music. It's only like, oh, does the music, is it reaching me in a way or something? So it's, mm -hmm. I'm happy actually that it, doesn't happen it's like oh yeah. now they're playing this chord and now they're playing this <laughs> skill and so oh this this was not right in yeah. this moment so it's like more an overall view of a concert or yeah. of an emotion or of a, yeah yeah um 
I don't I don't know if this is a a, a uh, this is a line of inquiry that makes any sense. But was there ever any like fear of the idea of second album syndrome with this stuff? Oh yeah, uh, because I mean, yeah. uh, like the way Yost described the first record to me, and the idea of like there was this most amazing magical thing that just suddenly happened and we had to capture it then and now and it was like this uh, really yeah, great yeah. thing. And that kind of launched a massive thing for you guys. And obviously, uh, yeah. probably even more specifically for you because I guess, like, obviously Yost has been touring all over the place for his entire life and and, yeah. and Pam has been quite busy for the past decade and stuff. But like you kind of exploded onto the scene with this stuff. Yes, yeah. Um, is there not kind of a, a sense of pressure of like, the first time we did this, it kind of changed your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now you're doing it again. And how do you, uh, I guess maybe that's not even something that you think about, right? Well, yeah, It, but it is actually, it was, um, how do I say, like this first album, like how Yoast said it, I didn't really felt it. If I think <laughs> back about it, yeah. then I, to me, the first album felt way too early. Like I was, I was still studying and I, but I, I'm happy that we made the album and mm -hmm. what is now. Uh, it's kind of a necessary uh, step in the world, right? Like yes, exactly. <laughs> so because of the album, we could play a lot, and yeah. that helped me to develop also. Mm -hmm. um, so now with the second album, I I really I really I'm really happy with the second album actually because yeah. I feel this development, and yeah. now I feel in this album that for me personally that I can say what I want to say in music or as a human being mm -hmm. uh, and that the album <clears throat> gives me a lot of strength to do that. Yeah. Um, so where the first album was more like, uh, okay, um, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm using my voice like this and um, I know in which direction I want and this is great and it's a nice connection with Joost and Bram, but I wasn't really aware about, yeah, yeah I don't know, from, yeah, not really thinking about her. <laughs> a concept or... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it sounds a little bit fake. But now the second album feels very much natural and like the fear of the second album, we have been talking about it, but mm -hmm. it also felt so natural. And so also like the first album, how Joost explained, this really had to be now here because I feel very strong with it or that what I try mm -hmm. to say on the album. Yeah is something that is true and has to be in the world now. So, yeah. Yeah. Are there, I mean, um, maybe I'm asking you too much for like specifics of this, but like, are there clear things that you can point to in the way you guys perform that you know come from this like experience? Because I mean, obviously we talk in general terms of like, yes, the second album is like based on, whatever four or five however long you guys have been playing together yeah. that many years of touring and playing and stuff like are there specific things that you can point to that you're like these are the consequences of like going here and there like are there influences that like you went to south america you went to africa you've been yeah, to yeah. like the far east there's all kinds of places that you guys have been yeah um are there elements that you clearly know, okay, like this is a thing that comes from there and I I understand it, or is there no analytical process in that mm, way? Well, that's a, that's a good one. It's also quite difficult. Yeah, I think, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I like that also. But um, um, well, when, when we are traveling, um, yeah, I get to know cultures that I didn't know before, actually. Mm -hmm. And then when I am there... Uh, 
I meet like a way of singing or a way of making music and then I search for it at home again. Yeah. And then it does something that I, I don't know how. But it's so you are, you are like discovering things on tour and digging into them when you get back home. Yeah. Is that correct? And I think also, but I think also it's maybe not really a, a, on a musical level, but more on a personal level that is... I'm, I don't know if this is also for Joost and Bram, but mm-hmm. uh, to me, this actually meant a lot in the tours because, uh, for instance, we went to India in um, 2018, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no, 2017 at the end of the year. Yeah. And um, um, so there I really, it was a very hard time for me actually because it was the first time in India and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, I felt so so crowded and I didn't feel comfortable with myself at that moment. And then I felt, okay, I really have to be... Uh, Assertive is that an English word? Yeah, it okay, is. yeah. <laughs> okay, so in some of the and I am yeah I am maybe assertive, but um, <clears throat> I'm also a little bit sometimes um, how do I say uh, careful in situations. So mm-hmm. then I felt okay. I really have to be. Uh, I have to to um, to to guard my own borders, and that was new. And mm-hmm. very shocking at that moment yeah. or something. And so I learned that from the tour. And, and because of that, I also experienced it in how I approached the music again, like in a new concert or... Yeah. Um, yeah. And also on tour, we talk a lot and we talk a lot about our influences and about the influences from the different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we have some concerts that are not so nice as we thought we would love to make music together. And then mm. we also talk a lot and that yeah. also depends a little bit. So I, I don't know, maybe it's not a, a very good answer, but... No, that makes sense. I, I, I think yeah. you touch upon a thing that uh, is maybe a contentious topic to discuss, but like you guys tour and play together so much. Um, like... It must be a really interesting thing. Like, I can't imagine that there is any other situation. There probably are other situations that people could point to, but there are very few situations where you could point to the idea of, like, three people um, such as yourselves from three different generations who are spending all this time together and touring together and traveling around the world. That's got to be quite an unusual situation. Like, how... Like, this is a really dumb question, but, like... Do you guys still have stuff to talk about? Do you guys still, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you, uh, yeah. like, have you experienced that evolution as well, I suppose? No, that's actually a very nice question because also, well, we, like, the relationship with each other began also, uh, became also more intense also and we mm-hmm. got to know each other better and actually we still have a lot of conversations. Like, uh, sometimes this is actually funny. Sometimes we talk about, okay, so what is next in our, this sounds a little bit dumb to say, but like we are sometimes talking about, okay, so we want to play more. Uh, what do we do to play more or something? Mm-hmm. Like we're thinking about that and discussing and uh, like how we can develop as a band and also as persons, but but also we talk a lot about uh, these experiences as uh, as humans, also being a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds also a little bit, maybe a little bit uh, boring, but it is actually very nice. Like with, with, with Bram, uh, especially, he is thinking a lot about that also, like, uh, the, mm, like being mm-hmm. here in the world. And I like to talk with him about it. And Joost, he also joins uh, quite... 
yeah, he also likes to talk about that too. And so we are on tour. We are actually trying to get answers on these questions, yeah. like life questions. <laughs> but that's really cool. I mean, I, I, I think that's really cool simply because um, I feel like, and maybe it's also just because there's a microphone in front of you right now that that helps. But like, there's there's a sense to me that like you guys, both in the in the music that you guys make and in also in the way each of you separately describes the project and stuff, there's such a kind of general sense of everything is kind of positive about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. that's... <laughs> maybe that's kind of unusual I don't know like that uh, I feel like there's such a kind of there tends to be a real scarcity mentality in the jazz scene and there's a sense of like um uh, kind of uh how to put this like that there's not enough work for everyone and uh, the, yeah, you yeah. know that kind of a thing um and and that's not something that I hear at all um mm. from you guys yeah. um I think it's also because of um, being the ability to being very true to yourself. I think Joost and Bram, they are they they dare to reflect or something. But I don't know. I don't want to say that not a lot of other people don't do this because I think musicians really do this mm-hmm. a lot, or artists, or well, humans. But um, I think we can also. I don't know, dare to, we can leave each other or it, everything is okay. Or I uh, know it sounds a little bit strange and boring. Like No, it's, it's not. Okay, I mean, but, the, uh, idea, yeah. the idea that everything is fine is kind of a, a, it's more a like good thing. It is good the way you are. So we yeah. are, it's very open and um, yeah, like just be yourself. That is. Yeah. I like that actually a lot that this that we can do this in the trio. Yeah. And no, and it's cool because that obviously reflects in the music. Like it's not yeah. always the case that um I mean you've got the like uh the ultimate example of of uh like I mean I don't know, there's all kinds of bands where you're like, yeah, Okay, yeah, well yeah. on stage it really works, but then you know, you can yeah, stage I know and it doesn't. The stories too um, and it's yeah, it's I, I also think like huh, how how can that be possible actually? Because I also have some I don't know it, I don't know how maybe what I don't know what you think about that, but I sometimes I think if you have in a social life no connection, how can you connect in music then? I, I I think maybe I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. Like, do you need a so uh, yeah. a connection socially? I mean, or music? Yeah. I don't know. Like you can look at all. I don't know. Like supposedly the Keith Jarrett trio, for example, are yeah. not particularly friendly with each other. No, no, exactly. And yet, so it's like, huh? like yeah. the most amazing uh, music comes out of it. So uh, it's an interesting thing to to explore. Yeah, maybe it depends also on the person who you are, because you know, I I actually like harmony a lot and aesthetic things. So it's to me very important. Yeah. So. <laughs> No, fair enough. Uh, is yeah. um, is there any other stuff that you want to mention? Any more work you're doing, um, both uh, in the in the future, things that you're up to as a side woman? I don't know. Well, um, well, actually, now we talked a lot about other upcoming projects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Mudita is still we are working, and yeah, the VIP tour is now very important. I'm quite busy with that. Yeah, and uh, under the surface, will of course play. Yeah. Love concert we will tour in April and yeah. in June. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. There will obviously be links to websites and all that stuff so people yeah, can cool. find that uh, at uh, at soundthemoment.com. Um 
I always like to end these conversations by asking my guests to recommend something uh, for the audience to check out, something that you've maybe found particularly inspiring. It can be just about anything, whether it's, it can be music, but it doesn't have to be music. It could be a movie, a book. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a very nice question. And actually, I, I was thinking about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it can be multiple, it can be multiple things if you have a... Yeah, well, I, um, well, what I now were where I'm quite, well, I'm thinking a lot about this topic at the moment of um, like developing myself as a human also. And this is also actually, we talked about the Trinity, the second CD. <laughs> this was very important to me in that process, in that year of creating the album. Mm-hmm. Like I, list, I um, read a book, Woman Who Runs With The Wolves. It's like worldwide, very famous mm-hmm. um, for women, but I think it's also a book for men to discuss to go back to your inner self again or yeah this sounds a little bit cheesier but um it's with fairy tales yeah uh with stories and um she is explaining about a lot of archetypes and uh symbolics and actually that gave me a lot of you know self-trust and ways of seeing myself and um being like a a strong woman again, because I think now at this moment also this is a topic like the equality in music. And I also sometimes experience this uh, as not nice, like being being the only woman in a festival lineup or yeah. being a woman, the only woman on stage with the only man. And I, I really, well, this was why what I choose for when I was studying, I really wanted to be one of the guys, but now I also discover, right? Like, yeah. okay, we, I really miss it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and there are a lot of very, very good and great women musicians. So, um, and I think this book helped me also in finding this way and also to be very, to believe in my own fem, Femininity. Femininity, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a a really important point you make. Um, It feels very late in the conversation to to touch on it, but... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, sorry, I understand, yeah. No, um, (laughs) it is... uh, It's something, obviously, I can't can't relate to it with my uh, terrible, like, cis white male uh, outlook, (laughs) but um, the idea of... uh, of wanting to be one of the guys, the way you just describe it. Yes. And I know that I, I heard that from, from Sana, my girlfriend, yeah. uh, that she had a similar experience, which was like, the ultimate goal is to be accepted beyond my gender, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. in a weird way, because it's such a like uh, terribly kind of, um, well, at times like openly misogynist uh, scene. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and hopefully that's something that's changing. But at the same time, that's a different, difficult balance to reach. At this, like because there is a sense of I need to be one of the guys, but at the same time, there's also more and more of this sense of oh, we need to promote uh, the idea of femininity in yeah. music and femininity in the scene. And I think it's it's really great to see that, for example, in the Young VIP tour now yeah, uh, that yeah, yeah. we're dealing with. And for a few years now, it's been a lot of a lot of women band leaders that are yes. getting, being picked. Whether it was Kaya Draxler a few uh, years ago, yeah, Kika, exactly. you, yeah, uh, yeah. son. Um, but I think uh, we are now like from like hundred years ago, we begin to to gain strength, and uh, now we are making this huge. How do I say? Like um, ahead of 
the history or something like mm -hmm. we are now we feel um how strong we can be in it and yeah. uh now we dare to to let ourselves see or something mm -hmm. but i think this is also something for for man and i think it's uh, yeah like this this dream of um everybody is equal and we have to see it in this way but i think the convictions are very in uh in an unconscious layer or conscious yeah. level so we have to to get more aware about this unconscious. It's still a long, a long way to yeah. go. I mean, but, I see it, you know, in in it's dumb, but just in like the types of adjectives that are used to describe, for example, already just in the promo materials and certain things that I read from interviews and things with you, that like there is such a predominance of like the use of words like delicate and yeah, yeah. like these kinds of like strange, yeah, yeah, like clearly somewhat biased choices of words to describe the idea of like this music sounds feminine as though that means anything yeah um, yeah yeah it yeah there's obviously a long way to go yeah actually and i think also for like man musicians uh, there are also like the some musicians who are not really like the man man or like the tough how do you say masculine yeah and i think also for them like this is the same thing they 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 are not going in front like oh you have to listen to me um so it's all this is also the same yeah. search and so it's it's all about no it's true we are and the there same is there the, is a kind of inherently yeah. sort of macho thing in a lot of the jazz world and yeah. the kind of approach that you're having to music feels like it it kind of goes very much against that idea and that's kind of a refreshing thing that yeah. i see more and more of you know the idea of like the like to associate the idea of ego with the idea of like testosterone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is such a thing that is really common and yeah. uh, and is really problematic in the jazz world and this kind of like hyper competitive kind of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully we're moving towards a place where the scene is more open and accepting of like. Yeah. Uh, I think we go there. I have a very positive feeling about it and vision. I think also our generation is very much into getting to know each other and and play with each other it doesn't matter where you're from like mm -hmm. which genre or which yeah. i don't know very open and i think it's that's yeah. very nice yeah those gaps are being bridged yeah hopefully. exactly yeah um so i think that's a nice place to um yeah to leave this thanks so much for being on the show thank you it was an honor thank you very much that was sanahambach's Stick around to hear more of her music in just a moment. Many thanks to my fellow members of KTO for providing the intro and outro music for the show. Please subscribe wherever you like to get your podcasts. Leave a favorable review or star rating wherever that may be. And tell a friend if you know anybody who might like to listen to these kinds of conversations. Go to patreon.com slash sound of the moment if you want to make a donation to help me keep this show up and running. Even the smallest amount is incredibly helpful. And thank you so much to those of you who are already donating. You can reach me on Twitter at Pat Cleaver. You can message me via the Facebook page for Sound of the Moment. And you can email me at pat at soundofthemoment.com. Now more music from Sonnenhambachs and Under the Surface this time. From their brand new live album, Trinity, this piece is called Moksha. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Sound of the Moment.